Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, because this is true, love is the fulfillment of the law. And we've been in this, we've used this before. That word, Anna, is like if I have a boat and I have a list of all the cargo that's supposed to be on what's called a manifest. And everything, every container, every box, every cow, sheep, goat, pig, Every person, if the manifest is full, everything that's on that list, everything that said, when it's, it means they said the boat was fulfilled. Here it comes, brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. challenge like your of new life Your word, oh God Your word to me Making me all that I need to be Your word, oh God Means the world to me The world to me Good evening, my name's John I've got Stan with me here and you're listening to A Word with God and I'd encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 13 while we conclude this part of the message yeah. that we have, and the overall theme is Stan is called... The Gospel of Jesus Christ. And the tagline is... I am not ashamed of the gospel. We got this down, Pat. We, do. we know what we're doing. We're almost done Romans, and we finally figured out we how to are. say it right. Our next thing that we're going to be going into is, uh, uh, did Jesus really say that? Mm. And it's a series we did in the fall, and uh, we're going to be talking about some of the tougher teachings that you go like, did I hear him right? Did he really yeah. say... I'm supposed to hate my mother, my father, my wife, my husband. Like, what is that all about? Yeah, there were some head scratchers in there. Yeah, there sure there sure are. And then after that, we're going to be heading into Thessalonians. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, yeah, so amazing. So if you are looking for a home church, uh, beginning in February, we're going to start First uh, Thessalonians. That's hard to say. It's That's almost like the the two front teeth for Christmas thing. Thessalonians. Yeah. Thessalonians. Yes. Um, and then uh, right now we're in a month of prayer and fasting, and I'd encourage you that if there are things on your heart and mind that you would like the church praying for for you, that if you email us, Stan mm-hmm. at evangelcommunity dot com. Uh, We'd be glad to write a card out for you, and uh, every Sunday night through the month of January, we're going to be meeting together as a church, praying for one another, and praying for our church as a a whole. So we would be glad to pray for you. Yeah, and and that whole month is really, you know, kind of resetting resetting everything, right? Right. Kind of getting the right direction from God yeah. on that, resetting yeah. ourselves and getting prepared. I, th- I think we need that yearly. Mm-hmm. Lori and I used to do that uh, every New Year's Eve. We would go out and kind of do a mini State of the Union. Like, And, and restaurants would hate us because we would get there at about 6 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and we would leave around 11. And we would just sit and talk about the year and about the kids and where we were at and things that looked like challenges for the coming year. And uh, not always were they easy talks, but they were good talks. And I think as a church, we need the same thing to reorganize our thinking around the gospel, reorganize our thinking about the things that Jesus said. And uh, 
that's kind of why we did that series in the fall. Did Jesus really say that? Because as a church, sometimes we get things confused. I mean, hey, as individuals, as families, we get things confused. Our priorities get turned upside down. Um, We begin to live in a way that really doesn't reflect what Jesus said. I don't know how many people I've heard say, like, are you going to let them say that to you? Are you going to let them get away with that? Mm. Man, if I was you, I wouldn't be putting up with that. Like, and, and every one of us have been at that point at some point or another in our life where we've been egged on by the people around us to fight back, to retaliate, to come back with the cutting remark, right. to lay the other person down because we don't want to be stepped upon. And I just take that picture and slide it in front of a picture of Jesus and how Jesus operated. Read a gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, read, read Matthew. Read Luke. And you will see how people are telling you to respond back, how to take you know take the other person out. You know you can't let somebody do that to you. It's exactly what Jesus did. The only time Jesus really nailed people mm-hmm. is religious people who are making it harder for the others to come to him. Right, and then he would let them have it. Well, and, and that, I mean, this ties in really well to the message that we have, which is, you know, living in peace, right? And and it's interesting yeah. because part of that has to do as well with the idea of authority, yeah. right? And everybody has authority yeah. in their lives. A spouse, um, huh. an elder yeah. at work, yeah. the government, yeah. right? The people that, yeah. are, that are above us. Now, it's, it's interesting because, you know, submitting to authority is hard because, well, let's, you know, it's, we're just rebellious, right? <laughs> sure you know, rebellion yeah. happens way easier than submitting submitting is not natural i love how paul puts it he says as much as is within you i I mean that is a just think about that phrase as much as is within you (laughs) it's an understanding that it's not going to be a perfect seamless yeah and uh, and it really is the holy spirit working inside of you well and there's a lot that comes along with this too and 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 the and the part that i find uh, sobering is the idea where it says, you know, that God condemns us if we oppose the government because God put the government in place. Yeah, yeah, and and even if the government is not doing what God, I mean, that's their deal. They have to; those who are leaders will have to give account for what they have done. Our thing is is that the assumption is is the government is there to protect. It says, in fact, it says in that. Uh, chapter that the government does not wield the sword of justice without cause mm-hmm. and and governments are to be just and when you're in a government when you're in a government or underneath of a government that's not just it doesn't give you a right to go out and tear things down it doesn't give you a right yep. for anarchy but to call on God to make the changes that are necessary well you know a while back we went through uh, with Daniel Right? Yeah. And, and and what his view in, in terms of authority was. Yeah. And, and I, and I kind of go back to that one to say, how should I be with authority? Mm-hmm. You can look at Daniel. Yeah. I mean, this guy, I, as far as I understand it, to a T, he would follow it as long as it yeah. was in opposition yeah. of God's laws. Yeah. I mean, you've got other people who are trying to take the king's life, you know, sliding in. And, 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 and here's Daniel with every right from our view, you know, from a viewpoint one viewpoint to rebel and do whatever. But what does he do? He works within the lines. He colors within the lines. 
And, and, you know, today we take coloring within the lines as being something negative, you know, express yourself, color outside of the lines, and this is art. Coloring outside of the lines is a mess. It's not art. We call it art because we want to feel more comfortable with it. You color outside the lines of your life, and you will end up in a mess, and, and God says you can color within the lines, and you can make changes, and you can... Um, you can you can affect what's going on around you, and you're right. Daniel is like the poster boy for that. Yeah, yeah. And again, you see God blessing his life through it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's get going to the message, and then the end we'll wrap things up. You shall love your neighbor, the person who's different from you, the person who's your best friend and the most like you as yourself as you would love yourself as you would take care of yourself as you would want to be treated that's how you treat your neighbor verse 10 love does no wrong it doesn't do what you shouldn't do it doesn't do what's troublesome it doesn't do what's destructive when you're submitting to authority you do what's right not what when you resist You're doing what's destructive. You're doing what's troublesome. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, because this is true, love is the fulfillment of the law. And we've been in this, we've used this before. That word, Anna, is like if I have a boat and I have a list of all the cargo that's supposed to be on what's called a manifest. And everything, every container, every box, every cow, sheep, goat, pig, every person, if the manifest is full, everything that's on that list, everything that's said, when it's, it means they said the boat was fulfilled. The boat had its capacity of everything that was supposed to be on there. Therefore, love is the fulfillment, the capacity of the law. 1 John 4.12 says, No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides, remains, stays, dwells in us, and His love is perfected, completed, brought to completion. You want God's love to be brought to completion in your life? Do not resist authority. Love. Don't hate. Love. Don't resist Love, don't push away. We get along with authority. We're to love people because it's the end game. Thirdly, it's time to wake up. Do this. Obey authority. Love people. Knowing, understanding the time understanding the days that you're in, understanding the season you're in, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. It's time to get up. Quit snoozing. Quit snoring. Wake up. Man, do you ever, ever see like, when you had kids and like, they, they could sleep till noon? When they were little, they were up at six? When they're a teenager? You've got to like put dynamite underneath them. My daddy just threw a glass of water on the bed. He's just like that. It's like you got one call, and as the water came, 
And he didn't care if it was wet that night. That was your problem. Get up. My dad had like, you can stay out as late as you want. You can stay up as late as you want. But you got to get up in the morning. That was like, that was it. That was my dad. Like, whoa. Do this knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from. You've got, you've got sleep in your eyes. Man, I hate that gritty feeling. I used to catch chickens when I was in Bible college, Carrie. And you'd spend two hours at night and make a hundred bucks. And, but you woke up in the morning because chicken dust the, off the feathers, it's like your eyes, you actually had to grab your eyelid and peel your eye up because it would glue your eyes shut. Open your eyes, you're missing the point, is what he's saying here. It's already the hour to wake up for, for now, right now. Salvation is near. To us, it's closer than we believed. The day of the Lord is coming like a thief in the night. And you're asleep. You're not living in obedience. You're not living in submission. You're not loving one another. You're walking through life like a zombie. It's like those zombie movies. They're just like, just walking through life. They don't see anything. They don't go anywhere. They don't do anything. I've never seen what a zombie does. Everybody runs and screams, but you don't know what they do. At least not the ones I've watched. They're just kind of they're there. And they might do something, so I'm going to get away from here. You're walking through life like a zombie. You're walking through life with your eyes closed, glued shut. The night is almost gone. The night is the time when Jesus isn't there. He is, God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. God is not here in the flesh. He's there in heaven. He's with you where you are. His Spirit is with you. Jesus has gone. Paul's referring to the time Jesus is away as the night. The bridegroom will come back though. The daylight is coming. The dawn is about to happen. The sun is about to rise. The night is almost gone and the day is near. He's talking about the day of the Lord. Therefore... Let us lay aside, let us cast off the deeds of darkness. Living in ignorance. Just going through life like I'm blind. Number two, put on the armor of light. God's protection. God is light. In Him is no darkness at all. Ephesians 5, 6, sorry, Ephesians 6, verse 13. Let us behave properly. The word properly there means to be decent. As in the day, the knowledge of who God is, not in, and then here's some evil things, not in carousing. That, you know what that means, Josiah? A carouser is a person who's out roaming the streets looking for a party to happen. That's what a carouser is. Don't be out carousing and drunkenness, being intoxicated, not in sexual promiscuity, like living outside of God's limits. And sensuality means to be controlled by lust. Not in strife, contention, which is what we've talked about, and jealousy, that's getting back at others, but, verse 14, we go swimming. Uh, Sam's, Rebecca's husband, Sam, and I go swimming, and Rebecca comes along with us every two nights a week, and there's this old fella. Now, the pool is really, really warm, and it's hot, and it's really good, because it's got these jets, John. And if you've like done a lot of stuff muscle-wise, you can put your back to those jets. And, but the air is as cold as an iceberg. 
You come out of that thing and you got to walk a long ways to the men's change room and you're shaking like this. It is just like your lips are blue and it's like you go from boiling hot like a lobster to freezing cold. And this old fella, he's 10 years older than me maybe, I call him an old fella, he has this big old heavy house coat he puts on. And he walks and it soaks up and he's warm. Everybody's shivering like this. And he's just, I'm going like, if he can do it, I can do it. So last week I took, and that house coat is thick terry cloth, cotton, and it sinks around you. And it was warm. And so Sam and Rebecca were shivering like chickens out in the rain. And I was warm. That's the picture, to wrap yourself in a luxurious warm garment that is amazingly sumptuous. I like that word, sumptuous. Carrie, that's a word for the week, sumptuous. (laughs) Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. How do I live in submission? How do I live at peace? How do I love the people around me the way God wants me to love them? My neighbors who are like me and my neighbors who are absolutely not me. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Wear Him. Sink into Him. And make no provision. Don't make a plan. Don't even think about it. Make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lusts its desires, its cravings, the things God has warned us against. When God says don't, He says don't hurt yourself. God's not keeping you from something that's great. When God says don't, He knows that ultimately it's not good for you. He knows it. Well, how to live in this world. Here's five thoughts quickly. Learn to live under each level of authority as a way of serving Jesus. Understand this gives me the greatest possibility to serve Him. If I'm always resisting authority, I will never have the doors opened in front of me to speak for Him, to live for Him the way that I will when I am in submission. Number two, choose carefully and biblically the time to make a stand before authority. Calculate it out. Understand what you're doing. Make sure that it's a biblical, a thus saith the Lord thing that the government is telling you not to do. That make sure, and understand there will be consequences for it. Don't think. Don't think that you will escape the consequences. If you do, that's grace. If you don't, that's the cost of standing for God, and it could be the cost of a martyr. You know what? It's not that far in the future. It really isn't. Our world is changing so quickly. I said in the first message, I'm afraid of the world that my grandchildren and great-grandchildren will live in and what they will think is right, and what they will think is wrong, what will their conscience be seared to from a little, little child? That scares me to death. Number three, love is the prime directive. Love is as Jesus has shown you, and you will know how to respond to others. Fourthly, 
You have to choose to engage this world. If, if you leave it to yourself, you will fall asleep and close your eyes and the world will lull you into zombiehood. It will. You'll just get in the rut. You'll just get in the groove. Living for God is purposeful. Engaging your world is purposeful. And finally, you have to make a choice to set aside sin and take up righteousness. It just doesn't happen. It's like a little child, a little child doesn't just choose to do what's right. It becomes training, nurturing, loving, coming alongside. You once told me, Lenora, you had three boys, right? They just didn't all turn out like that overnight, right? It took a lot of sweat, tears, prayer. The odd shake, I imagine, got shook. Not that you needed it, brother, but I'm just, you know, it's, it's between your mother and God. But you have to be purposeful in choosing righteousness. Thoughts, comments, you've got about three minutes. This one went over. Sorry, Bob. Okay. I, I got to admit, going all the way back to the beginning of this, you know, like when you say the idea that all authority comes from God, and you yeah. look at. Okay, we live in this beautiful country where uh, it has the history of, of, of being at least biblically centered. But I mean, there's, you mentioned Nazi Germany. I think of communist mm -hmm. China where, I mean, to do what we are doing here is mm -hmm. against the law. And I think, how can that authority? Mm -hmm. In fact, you can't even God. teach your child about God until they're 18. You know, and I, I think, you know, and there's like, you know, and there's a list that can yeah. go on and on and on. It's like, how can yeah. that authority come from God? Because it's, if that's the point of the misuse of a parent to a child. God's purpose in that, the authority is given for them to do what's right. They choose not to do what's right. That's where, as a Christian parent in China, John, you would have to choose, am I going to be silent about Jesus to my children until they're 18? Or must I obey God, which says, train up a child in the way he should go? Am I going to obey God, or am I going to obey, obey my governing authority? You're right, Bob. We don't have a lot of those clear-cut. Um, we do, I think, in the abortion issue. We talked a little bit about this first service. The church in North America has been numbed. You know, we, we, you kind of look and go, oh, Nazi Germany, 30, 1931, 800,000 abortions. I would suggest it's well over that. It's been millions since Roe v. Wade in the 70s. It's been millions of children. And, and we've grown numb to that. So we have our issues too. Um, but I, 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 what it is, Bob, is that, is that God gave them authority in our life for a godly purpose but the authority has chosen not to follow employers. God gave employers to prov help provide, to take care of those who work for them, to look after them, to, I mean, as he made you as employees to give a good day's work, 
honestly working and not stealing from your employer. He gave those things in proportion, saying, here's the right way to live. It's the government, it's the authority that makes the choice to not live up to that. Okay, so Stan, and you know what? I don't expect necessarily an answer for this one, okay? Because it's a tricky one to go through, all right? Okay, It came up when we were going through the message originally, Mm -hmm. and it was the idea of talking about not only the government, but the leaders that we have. Mm -hmm. You know, and people, we already know this, people naturally have have challenges with leadership. So, I mean, there are people who have challenges with good leaders, Yeah, right? And, And overall, I would say, yeah, you know, the government, you know, is there's a bureaucracy there and everything else, but the, you know, they're good leaders that that are trying their best. Yeah. But the question becomes, what it, what what should you do in terms of following and and doing what's told by an all right leader or even if I dare say so, a bad leader? Cuz yeah. remember, we had we yeah. have people who come from other countries yeah. who are probably listen even to this radio program. Yeah. And the reason they're here in Canada is because they came and had to flee from a bad leader. Yeah. So it, it seems like it's a really hard thing to try to figure yeah. out, you know, how, how to oppose and not oppose yeah. and how to do that. You know, what, what are some thoughts that you have on yeah. that side? There's, there's a couple of things that, I mean, we have these things called elections mm-hmm. and we are able to uh, adjust our leadership. The problem is, is when society agrees with what we would consider, and as, as Christians, our uh, way of looking at things is going to be totally different than what... Uh, someone in the world is going to be, and so then we're not we're in the world and not to be of it, mm-hmm. and so we have begin to adjust our life, and and when called upon, uh, that's where you refuse to be obedient. You don't take right. the government down. You don't blow them up. You don't shoot anybody. You walk in obedience as far as you can, and then just like Daniel, you count the cost. He went to his window. He prayed. Mm-hmm. He knew the cost. He did what was right, and he lived with it. Yeah. Well, and, and again, even when we're talking about, and, and by the way, I completely forget their real names, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I think yeah, I got that's their close names enough. Right. Yeah. That's pretty close, right? Yeah, that's very close. <clears throat> well, for those guys, I remember when we're talking about the fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow down mm-hmm. to the altar, mm-hmm. you know, the king saying, you're going to go in there, and they said, we believe that our God can protect us, but mm-hmm. even if he doesn't, we're, not, we're still not yeah. submitting to yeah. this. So there's there's a point where you can stand up for what you believe in, but right. I, I I'd probably kind of the caveat might be make sure that what you're standing up for is from God, yeah, right? Because Absolutely. a lot of people stand up for a lot of stupid things. Yes, right. Um, so and, and you know what goes along with that too is is that it's not only the authority but the laws that are in the land. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's something that. And again, you know what? In this message, I know people were able to listen to it. In the in the preceding messages that we had, that's a good spot. And actually, even in Daniel, if you, again, if you're looking for a book to understand some of the rebelliousness and how and how to go with authority, like you said, Daniel's the poster boy for yeah. it. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us this evening. Again, we're going to continue going through Romans next week, and we'd encourage you to join us for it. And remember, don't end your day without a word with God. Like your word directs me to what's
bright and spur 